0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: I'm Kelly McDonald.
2: I'm Ramya Umadhan, and this is Kelly and Ramya.
1: For all the links and information shared on today's show, visit ami.ca slash kellyco for the full Kelly and Ramya blog. You'll find topics from our community reporters, contributors, and links to the Kelly and Ramya podcast. That's ami.ca slash Catch the Pulse this Saturday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Now, this week on the program, Joita speaks to author and professor Ashley Shu, discussing her new book, Against Technobalism, Rethinking Who Needs Improvement, which explores the relationship between disability identity, technology, and insidious ableism. That's the Pulse. This Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, and Sunday p.m. at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on AMI-audio. <laughs> Available also on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Kelly McDonald with Ramya Muthan. That was a lot of time zones and times. Good Are job. you confused? Are you dizzy?
2: I mean, I was just making sure you were going through it all and, you know, fact-checking and, yeah. Yeah, didn't I know you caught
1: all of those to correct, like in case it's a test later. Yeah, because you know?
2: yeah, I'm so good. Yeah. Right. So,
1: yeah, I've got these like that. You didn't you had the more time like zone transfers that <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you question yourself as you're saying,
2: saying is this right? God. It's the same. Copy. I can barely, barely remember the time zones on our team. Uh <laughs> <laughs> time Plus two minus four. OK, anyway, the seven
1: <laughs> equals grant.
2: Exactly. Let's get to something that we look forward to on Fridays, which is our app update with John Beeler.
1: Hi, I'm John
0: Beeler, technology expert from Vancouver. Join me on Kelly and Ramya where I share the latest app, mobile and tech news. Everything from accessibility and product launches to privacy and security. We'll cover the gamut.
2: John, we kindly ask that you bring back this topic because we didn't get to it last time. We teased it for everybody, and shame on us for doing that. But Android uh, 14 is now available to download on Pixel devices, and you wanted to talk about the accessibility updates that uh, came across your radar.
0: Yeah, this this update is more of a what uh, they're classifying as a a customization deep dive. uh, You have a lot more functionality now to do things uh, on a per app basis, but also on things like your lock screen. So now you have the ability to have some lock screen templates. Uh, You can add clocks and shortcuts for different apps directly to your lock screen. And uh, you can switch between wallpapers and things like that much easier as well. Um, They've also baked all the AI things we keep talking about into uh, Android 14. Oh, really? So you can actually have it, uh, give it text prompts, and it'll create wallpaper on the fly for you. It's kind of silly, but kind of neat (laughs) at the same time.
2: (laughs) Is it just the wallpaper you're talking about with AI integration or other things also?
0: There's lots of other things as well. Pretty much any time there's a uh, a place for an input field uh, or uh, some kind of a theming option, mm. there's a good chance AI is uh, going to yeah. be an option.
1: There's always an opportunity for AI. It could be anywhere.
0: That's right. <laughs> I just wanted to write my emails for me without having to think about
2: yeah, it. Yeah, That's check right. my emails, respond what you think I would have responded and et cetera. And send them while I'm asleep. <laughs> exactly. Do, do it also. I have less to do when I get up in the morning. Independent AI.
0: <laughs> the thing is, those AI things probably know us better than ourselves because they're reading all our emails. Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: Trust me, why am I spending half an hour trying to figure out what I want to type when it already knows based on past experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> it knows me better than I know myself. Okay, cool. And gathering.
1: Gathering all the information on the subject, too. Yeah. You're using it to create yeah. whatever original document. Somebody email you and say, hey, bye. Well, by the way, what are your findings on? Well, I'll take care of that for you, Kelly, because you don't know what you're doing. Go sit down and eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> what we're doing anyways. What else, John, with this um, yeah. accessibility?
0: So um, they've added um, nonlinear font scaling, uh, which allows you to, to basically zoom your text in certain sections, but not the entire document or app, oh. that type of thing. Um, and there's a a quick setting tile for font sizing as well. So this just makes it much easier for you to have that really granular control on a very specific app or um, area of Android uh, that you didn't have before. They've improved the magnification options and made it more intuitive, the things like pinch-to-zoom functions, which you can actually enable for only specific apps. Again, that customization level at the app level is really cool because some apps obviously aren't going to be uh, needed to, to have some of these customizations. So you're able to set these settings uh, on a per app basis. And it sort of is supposed to at least remember those settings for you on those applications. So I think hmm. as you navigate your phone and go through all your different uh, apps and things like that, you can have the ability to have a much better
1: experience based on the needs of that specific app. Wow. What that can do for people when your eyes are so specific, especially involving your backgrounds and the layout, and just the way it is, and how can you, how how amazingly customizable? Uh, anything else, John? Yeah, there's some uh, hearing accessibility updates as well.
0: Oh. Um, they've added hearing aid improvements and introduced flash notifications that can light up your device's screen or the camera LED to alert you uh, for something. Uh, you know, depending on what you've set it to do. Presumably, it'd be some type of notification, but it's nice that regardless of which way your phone is, you can actually have an option for notifications that way uh, that are visual and audio as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yesterday, we were talking about the iOS um, sound, what did you call it? Sound curtain, uh, you know, with oh, yeah. braille displays and uh, just more access for deaf-blind users and things like that. There's a lot more awareness going on and integration into just mainstream tech. So I'm really happy to hear that.
0: Well, my hope is that we've stopped having all these fluffy, useless uh,
1: add-ons to some of these operating systems. Yes. And oh, on fixing and making these things better, like accessibility. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think that realization, John, that there are so many people out there that use stuff even if they barely have an eye issue or whatever
2: and combinations where of they stuff.
1: work and the lighting that makes them say oh i'm going to enlarge this or whatever it might be so there's just it's just so yeah. uh, you uh you want to move on sir to firefox tests a built-in checker for fake reviews
0: yeah this is really interesting um yeah. they've got an experimental feature that will actually vet the quality of the reviews on uh, the sites that you go to where you can buy something and there's reviews in it. The predominant one being Amazon. And Amazon has been accused of and has been forced to take action on literally tens of thousands of fake reviews that these uh, sellers and resellers have been posting uh, to help bolster their sales, um, but they're really just either bots or they're just uh, dedicated uh, vendors trying to make their products look better. Um, so this basically gives you the ability to um, uh, you can basically weed out and and it'll it'll identify what it deems to be a fake review and uh it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because this is still an experimental feature so that means they're still mm-hmm. working on it and they
1: could misflag flag things like, uh and what are they flagging
2: big... based on it,
1: it, like yeah i was just going to say do you look for where it came from and say no that's a bot which i guess would probably be the most straightforward, locations yeah. easy one yeah Um, It's actually
0: based on a technology uh, from a company that Firefox acquired earlier this year called FakeSpot, and um, it uses a sophisticated AI intelligence machine learning system to detect patterns and similarities between reviews in order to flag those that are deceptive. So the interesting thing is this isn't just looking at one site. This is looking across the entire internet. So, uh, and most people are lazy uh, and if they're doing fake reviews they're just going to be copying and pasting those things so these patterns are very easy to identify Uh, maybe not um, within a specific site but across other sites they can see well a similar product has the exact same review in the same wording in the same cadence that kind of thing
2: oh good Uh,
0: uh, this seems like a pretty cool
1: add-on to try out in Firefox and allows you to cover so many places that Humans just can't cover all at once. Sure, we might be able to pick up a pattern and say, Hey, the only thing different with this review from this review is the product name. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
0: Yeah. And, and this particular technology is already available for other platforms um, because as, a, as an extension uh, for Chrome, Safari, iOS, and Android. But the fact that it's baked into Firefox is really kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Yep.
2: And is it going to flag and just let people know oh, this is a fake review or is it going to remove it from your feed altogether? Like how do you, what's the practicality?
0: I, I think it's going to flag them because I think it wants you to sort of see what the yeah. bad things are yeah. what, what that looks like see for yourself yeah because otherwise like I, I imagine there'd be some listings you're going to come across that are going to have nothing if it's
1: just deleting them because <laughs> you well, and it also teaches us right it teaches us yeah. to say hey man that's the same kind of insulting review i saw last week on yeah. humidifiers yeah
2: and also um follow-up question is it just for products or are we talking like locations and restaurants and uh tourist spots and things like that also
0: That's a great question. I I don't know the answer to that, Mm -hmm. but I would imagine it applies to any type of uh, user submitted review system uh, that are used on pretty much many websites, like the ones you just mentioned, as well as all the shopping sites as well. So I think any user submitted stuff has the ability to do that. But it also depends on I think how the review is posted, because Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. some places like it might post a review as more of like a testimonial, and that might not be in the same context as a review review. review. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, especially hosted. You know, if a hotel's talking about how great their place is, they're not going to put it on their website. That. They're going to put it like, hey, we only want well, the only the negative ones. We want to get rid of those, especially if they're fake. Mm-hmm. But you know, so I I get yeah. that. We're we're going to expect certain things. The awesome.
2: comparison of platforms, they're always it's interesting to me to do like with Google reviews versus Uber Eats versus you know their mm-hmm. website testimonials, right? So uh, if something like this could just clean all that up for me, that'd be fantastic. Let's talk about Google. Um, I was talking about this the other day. And I'm so curious how far we've gone with this. Google will now make past keys their default uh, for personal accounts. So remind us what pass keys are, because this is a bigger phenomenon these days.
0: Yeah, so this is something that uh, pretty much all the major um, technology sites and providers like Google, Apple, Microsoft, et cetera, they're all sort of leaning towards um, switching everybody to pass keys. And pass keys are better and safer and more secure than um, passwords because, A, with a pass key, you're basically using a unique um, code for each uh, site or login, uh, whereas you can reuse passwords across multiple sites, which is how you have these, You know, people will get your Disney Plus account login and they can use that to get into your bank because you're using the same password everywhere. So the idea is that pass keys are unique to that site and they are only activated by using uh, uh, some kind of biometric pin or um, uh, your your device, your local device, like your phone, you can use that as an authentication authentication method. So whether it's, um, you know, a fingerprint scan, uh, face ID, or, uh, or just a PIN on your phone, your phone essentially has to be in the same room as you, uh, because you're going to get a notification, uh, you might have to use some form of uh, authenticating app, mm-hmm. like uh, Microsoft or Google's authenticator apps. Um, but essentially, once you do this, it's a much more secure way of logging in. And um, and now Google wants to sort of stop people from using passwords, and um, passwords are really easy to recycle and reuse, and um, people get hacked all the day all the time because of that. And so your email is also a very um, uh, important attack vector for getting hacked because if they can get your email, then they can go and resettle your passwords. Oh yeah, and
2: other- easy. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, mm-hmm. and actually, I think this is a great move by Google. Uh, the The problem is, is that Google is sometimes inconsistent with how exactly. They- roll these things out. And, you know, if you have a Gmail account, that's fine. But what if you have a Google workspaces account, right? Uh, like business account or a custom domain account that manages your, either your business or your, your personal contact information, like I do. And, it's not available for those things yet. So it's just kind of like, well, it should be all or nothing. But I understand that just sort of rolling this out. But the fact that this is now the default login method for anybody using uh, Gmail, basically, is going to be really interesting. Now, you do have the ability to sort of turn this off or, you know, uh, skip it if you want. Um, but the recommendation... Why would you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is way more secure. You don't have to remember a password. You just have to remember to use your face in front mm. of your phone.
2: So. Oh, this is this is like terrifying stuff, you know, to have, for example, has shared uh, p- passwords with people or have documents lying around with your passwords all over the place. Like, there's just so many ways that things could go wrong and uh, you end up having your yeah. stuff compromised, even by people you know, let alone hackers. But, um, John, do you know if Apple has, like, are we close to doing the same thing? I know we've talked about it. Or is the two-factor authentication that Apple does almost the same thing
0: it, it's not the same thing as the passkey but it's pretty close because for the most part you 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 do have the ability to use the 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 biometric yeah. methods um, so are we so a step
2: it's, away from passkeys then
0: yeah well it it's let's just say it's uh um adjacent to passkeys mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um okay. i i think okay. i, I the problem is that some companies call them different things so right yeah
1: right and they behave that bit of a difference but they're the same in that theory Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah and and i think the industry standard term is a pass key uh because you're not using a password you're using some other mechanism uh usually some kind of uh biometrics uh as your um as your password that
2: the kind of um dent in this or you know uh, what do you say cop out is that we're still using pass codes as a backup to our biometrics right so if somebody has access to your pass code for your phone then they get in and then you know you don't necessarily have to have your biometrics to get in for that yeah double.
0: a lot of these things at least right now because this is considered to be a transition phase mm-hmm. they will have an alternate method exactly of they, they can't completely block you from getting in. Mm-hmm. And no. generally that passcode or uh, they'll text you or they will call you and tell you a code. Yep. Um, right. Those are easily spoofed and intercepted. Exactly. So.
2: Yep. Okay, John. Cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. John Beeler, uh, he joins us on Fridays for our app update. So he'll be back next time around.
1: And when we return to the program, Alaska Airlines has created a copy that it says it tastes better in the sky sky's the limit how's it possible folks bill shackleton explains on the buzz keep it here for more of kelly and ramya on ami tv
2: the walrus is canada's conversation and you're invited to take part download ami's voices of the walrus where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.